0: not on because i'm slacking here great to see everyone what's it been three weeks three four weeks crazy it's good to see everyone hey good news um at least for us we get to be here on christmas and uh which is a week from today usually they have a christmas program and we they they don't let us come but we get to come we are your christmas program so uh So hold on to your hats. I have no idea what I'm going to do yet, but it it should be fun because it's always fun when we're here. It's great to see you. If you don't know us, Tom and Lisa Mann from Calvary Baptist and Heavy Deep and Real Ministries. Great to see everyone. We've missed you. We've been praying for you. And so that's how we start. We're going to pray for you. So uh, why don't you join me for a second? Father, we just come to you and Thank you for Samanca. We thank you for the women here. We thank you that we get to be here. Uh, Lord, what a blessing that is. We uh, just ask, Lord, that uh, tonight that your word be through my mouth and somebody needs to hear whatever I'm going to say. Uh, Lord, just uh, be with us during this holiday season and, uh, yeah, keep our spirits up and keep us encouraged as we move forward into the new week. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All righty, all righty, all righty. As you probably know, uh, it's what they call the Advent season right? And that's like like the four weeks before Christmas where we're waiting for the baby Jesus to come, right? And uh, uh, every week of Advent, they do a candle at a church. They do a hope candle, and then they do a, a love candle, and a joy candle, and a, and a faith candle, and then the Christ candle. Well, I've been preaching in another place on the different candles, I got screwed up because I got sick and I missed a bunch of candles so I thought oh well you know should I even talk about candles because I missed the candles and here I am being a loser. Uh, But I thought what the heck so I want to talk to you about one of the candles because I get like one shot at you on candles. I want to talk about the love candle. I want to talk about the love candle. you know, the scripture says, uh, faith, hope, and love, and of the greatest of these is love, right? We know that there's a bunch of stuff about love in the Bible. Uh, and uh, uh, I want to go through and talk about what that looks like. And the reason is this. In my ministry, I meet a lot of people. And surprisingly, but not surprisingly, there are people I meet that don't think God loves them. That are absolutely convinced that they're just not lovable. And then they go out and prove it. Right. They go out and do a lot of dumb stuff and say, see, how can anybody love that? And I'm thinking about one guy in particular I've been working with um, who's kind of disappeared. He's back on the streets. Uh, And this guy, whatever I told him, I could not convince him that that the God of the universe could love him. And he's doing everything right now to prove it. And it's so hard to watch as uh, somebody self-sabotages and kind of implodes because They just want to kind of prove they're not somebody that God can love. Um, But that's not what the scriptures say. So I want to go through what biblical love looks like and uh, explain to you why, uh, if you're in the room tonight and you're thinking that God can't love you or uh, that you're just too too far of a goner, that you're wrong. And uh, keep on seeing those those uh, antlers and think someone's got their hand up, because it's like you in the corner. No, those are just antlers. <laughs> my eyes, my eyes. Um, so let me let me go through a little bit of this for you if 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 you'll let me in scripture there's in greek there's there's three different words for love right we've got we've got eros which is erotic love we got filio which is brotherly love and something called agape and agape is this unconditional love and agape is the one we're going to focus on tonight uh it's not that big wet sloppy kiss kind of love it is that unconditional care um, the actual word comes from the, from the Greek word charity, that it is absolutely caring and loving about somebody regardless of everything else. that where the word cherish comes from. Cherish, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Get up here and teach. <laughs> um, so agape, I'm going to make several points about it. One is that it's unconditional, which means it's not about your performance. It's not about your performance. And this is such an important part of life because everything in life is about your performance, isn't it? Everything in the world is performance-based. Did you do the right thing? Did did you have did, did you in the relationship? Did you do what you're supposed to do? If you fail, how do people look at you, right? If you're at a job, you get promoted if you if you perform well. Or if you don't perform well, guess what? You know, this job doesn't like you and you get moved on. Uh, everything in this world's performance. And the reason is the prince of this world is Satan. And every system in this world is set up by Satan. And so we have this performance-based thing about us that we think we have to perform to be affirmed and loved. Because in the world, that's kind of how it works. Um, But that's not God's way. The, The idea of agape is it's not about your performance it could never be about your performance because that's not true love if i like you or care about you or love you only when you perform well what does that say it's yeah it's not it's not really love it's 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 you know conditional and this is what's important about god is he loves you with agape unconditionally your performance doesn't matter now, some days you perform pretty well, right? Some days you're like, woohoo, I'm doing really good. Other days, you suck. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, I do too. Um, every day I let God down. And I thank him it's not about my performance because if it were, holy mackerel, man, I would, I'd be on the fast train to the hot spot because my performance isn't very good. And this is why we have to embrace this concept of agape and, and this concept of, not, of it being unconditional. But it works both ways. It works both ways. When you love God, it has to be unconditional. You ever been disappointed in God? Yeah. Ever been mad at God? Oh, yeah, 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 right? And we're judging him. We're making our love for him conditional. Where he loves us unconditionally. And so it's a little bit unfair. So when we say we want to have agape toward each other, you know, Scripture talks about how the greatest command is to love God and love each other, right? It's agape. We're supposed to do it unconditionally. Well, sometimes we don't do that with God. Sometimes we don't love God unconditionally. Uh, I had a friend tonight. He he must be having a hard time. He's an old classmate of mine from high school, of all places. And he was asking why God would allow bad things to happen to good people. I mean, the, the classic the classic S, S, uh, question that everyone gets in life. Uh, so he must be going through something. And uh, uh, people were <laughs> spouting off lots of theology at him, which I'm not sure was helpful. <laughs> but scripture talks about how the rain falls on the good and the evil, and we all go through things, but we're to love God unconditionally with agape and trust that he is sovereign and he knows best and it's all gonna work out at the end and that's a hard thing to do now here's how you do it though loves a choice not an emotion see if my love is conditional it's an emotional response to people so like I'm married and and I I love her when she does well I don't literally like her when she doesn't that's an emotional response right that's not an unconditional love that's not a choice Loves the choice, and so when God loves you with agape unconditionally, He chose to love you. Didn't have to, but He chose to, and that's why it can never be about your performance, because that would mean that He's basing it on emotions. That's not why how God loves. He chose you before the beginning of the world. Scripture says He chose you. Chose you. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing that that the God of the universe would choose to love us so let's say you had a bad day um, uh, let's say that you know you're just really struggling with God or um, you, you you've let him down or whatever it is that's why the scripture says God's mercy is new every morning you dust yourself off and understand that God doesn't like you any less he doesn't love you any less he gets it Jesus had bad days right? Didn't have a place to lay his head. His family disowned him. Um, Disciples betrayed him. People lied about him. And those those were the, you know, compared to the the last part of it, those were good days. (laughs) So think about agape as this idea that you are loved by the maker of the universe just because. Because you're you. And that's completely on its head from where the world is, isn't it? You're going to be judged in this world. You're not going to be loved. You're going to be betrayed. All this stuff that happened to Jesus is going to happen to us. And probably you've experienced it. But here's something else that's cool. It's given freely. Love's given freely. God just does it. He doesn't have to do it, like I said. But um, you didn't have to pay a price for that love. Ever been in a relationship where you pay a price for love? If you love me, you'd You ever hear that phrase? Oh, boy. Yeah, that's a bad one. Because it's not just conditional, but there's a price you have to pay to be affirmed and cared about and loved. That's not God. God demands nothing of you to love you. It's a free gift gift of grace. That's a cool thing. And we have a hard time doing that with people, don't we? Do you really love anybody like that? Just free gift? Try not to be judgmental. Try not to be like like tit for tat kind of stuff it's hard because in our fallen nature we fall to these different type of things that we don't want to but we do even in our closest relationships have you ever noticed in your closest relationships those are the ones that don't work out the best because you're the hardest on that other person that's because of the intimacy of it And they can hurt you more and so those relationships you always have like these acquaintances like i really like this person they don't know you you don't know them Um, that relationship works great because you're not close and you're not sharing any intimacy and, and there's nothing dangerous about it but the closer you get to people the harder it is to do agape because it's agape can be painful Right? Jesus wept over Jerusalem. He said, I, I, I want to gather you all up, but you all are just running away from me. It was painful for him, and it's painful for God when we run away from him. Agape is selfless. There's a price to pay for agape. You know, when you care about people unconditionally, chances of you getting burned are pretty good. I'll just be honest with you. you know, and I'll tell you a funny story. I wasn't always in the ministry, as you know, and uh, it was easier for me to work with business people on strategic partnering and doing things together and all that teamwork than it ever has been in the church. Trying to get pastors to work together—oh my gosh i got to be honest with you, you know, it's got their lane and they're really predictive of it. And if you're like me in a paraministry, they're like, oh, you're like, really? That's not the body of Christ. That's not what I read in this book. What I read is it's a selflessness and you give and you give and you give and you give, regardless of the cost. And that's one of the really hard parts about agape. Now, what did it cost God to love you unconditionally? cost him Jesus. Here we are a week from, from the baby Jesus, sweet baby Jesus. And Jesus is born in the shadow of the cross. He was born to die. And that's what it cost him, to love us unconditionally, to reconcile us together because we had rebelled so badly. gives us this free gift of grace. And the cost was high. Well, the cost is high when we agape other people. We can get abused. We can get used. It'll cost you time and money and emotions and all sorts of stuff. But that's okay. That's okay. And here's why it's okay. See, Scripture says that whatever you give for the kingdom here, you'll get back a hundredfold there. So everything's an investment you do here. So I always tell people when when I'm doing agape and someone kind of abuses it, it's like, ah, that's between them and God, not them and me. Because God will make it right at the end. I'm okay with that. And hopefully that they learn a lesson and you know get closer to God. It's all good. So I never really worry about when I'm when I have agape for people. Yeah, I don't like it. You know, I don't like when people abuse you. But I've gotten to the place where I look at it like through God's eyes, not through my own, and that's really helpful because it's a Holy Spirit kind of thing that happens. And that's the other thing about agape. In our natural self, we can't do it by ourselves. You know, I don't think we have it in us but through the power of the Holy Spirit, when you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior and the Holy Spirit comes and indwells you, and you go, wow, I see the world like God sees the world. I see you like God sees you. I don't see you like I would see you. Then you can agape. Then you can give sacrificially. Then you can serve sacrificially. Jesus said, if you're my disciples, I give you new command, love each other the way I loved you, which is sacrificially, right? He gave his life for us. We're supposed to love each other sacrificially. we can't do that. Well, we can do a little bit, but we can't really do it until we have this agape thing. And so, agape is a big word, and it means more than "I like you." It means more than "oh, oh, nice." No, it's "I will sacrifice myself for you to honor Christ." That's agape. That's agape, right? Jesus said, "Man has no greater love than to give his life for his friends." That's agape. Sounds like it sounds like a Dean Martin song. That's more. Right. <laughs> That's agape. So let me talk about some key scripture verses. Um, uh, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whomever shall believe unto him shall not perish but have eternal life. John three sixteen, the classic, right? God so agaped you. God so agaped you. That he gave you Jesus. It, it, you know, you got to understand. It's it's not about just the world. The whole creation's fallen. It's not just the world. It's you particularly. He knew you particularly. That's what we talk about, especially like early the '70s. Um, they had The bumper stick. If you're old enough, they said, "I found it." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, "What'd you find?" <laughs> it was it was a religious thing. They found Jesus, <laughs> right? Um, it, it it's 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 like this 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 thing where god says i so love you that i found you you were a lost sheep and i searched for you and i found you and i brought you home cuz i care about you so much even though you're a lousy sheep and you stink and you're going to run away again you're biting me and you're not grateful freaking sheep <laughs> God loves His sheep. See, Scripture says, "We didn't love God; He loved us first, and we have love in us because He loved us." We didn't start this. It's not like Adam and Eve were like so in love with God they didn't want to disobey. Is that your speaker? No, this is just a little uh, thing I should have put over there. <laughs> oh, this thing—this is a speaker, yeah. It, in and of itself, a kind of No, it's in and of itself. Oh, I, I know. I'm high. I'm high speed, low drag. Yeah. So the great commandment, greatest commandment. They tried to trap them, right? What's the greatest commandment? Love your God, your heart, mind, soul, strength. Love your God, heart, mind, soul. That means every beast of you always has God in your mind. And the second is like it, and they're like, what? (laughs) Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the scriptures fall underneath that, he says. And and this is why, if you agape God, and you trust him, and you love him without condition, in the good times and the bad times, you trust him. You won't transgress against him, because you really do trust him. If you love your neighbor as yourself, you're not going to transgress against them, because, you know, you care about them. And everything else falls in place. Now, as fallen people, we can't do it. We're always transgressing against each other, and we're always transgressing against God. It's it's what we do because we're schmucks. But, But with the help of the Holy Spirit and by understanding this agape piece, we grow in this understanding of how we're supposed to treat each other. Oh man, that doesn't sound good. We should call the doctor. (laughs) Yeah, I I had it for weeks. My ribs still hurt from coughing so much. So then Jesus says a really interesting thing. He says, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. If you agape me, right? If you love me unconditionally, you'll obey my commands. Now, if you you love me conditionally, you'll just take the commands you like. Right? But if you love me unconditionally, based upon what I tell you, you'll do what I say. And so what does he say? What does agape look like? Forgive as you've been forgiven. And Peter, being Peter, says, well, how many times? Seven? (laughs) No. Every single time. Turn the other cheek when someone offends you? Eh. Let it slide. That's a hard one, right? Especially in this culture. This culture is like everyone's offended. Glasses. I'm offended. (laughs) It's like everyone's offended about everything. That's not the Christian way. Christ says to turn the other cheek, let it slide. How do I agape somebody? I don't judge. Who who am I to judge you? That's not my job. My job's to love you. God judges. He knows everything. So I can't really have that gossip thing or any of that kind of stuff because that's judgment. right? I mean, all these commands of Jesus that he said, that's how you agape somebody. That's how you love them, by, you know, doing all those hard, hard things. And you can't just assume that because you're into the the Holy Spirit, it's going to happen. It doesn't just go, Shut-a-doo! I mean, I, No, you got to work on it. You've got to make it a habit. You know, I, I, I work with a, a group of men um, that are ex-convicts, and some of them have done some horrible things. And uh, when I first started that ministry, I was like, oof, oof. This is going to be a challenge not to judge these people. And then God soft my heart like crazy and realized that everybody's redeemable, aren't they? Are, are there any throwaway people in God's economy? No, he says, I don't, I don't want none to perish. Everybody needs Jesus. And it really changed my perspective about these guys. Yeah, they did dumb stuff. Yeah, they did horrible things. But don't they need Jesus more than anybody? And so now I, I, I preach my guts out to them. I'm not sure they listen, but I I preach (laughs) because I want them to know Jesus. I want them to know the love of Christ. I want them to have transformation, turn their lives around because that's what the Lord wants for them. But you can't judge. Never ask what they do. I find out, but it doesn't matter because it's not about their performance. It's about their eternity. (laughs) (laughs) So Scripture says uh, you are God's workmanship. Oh, God's workmanship. David tells us you are fearfully and wonderfully made. There are days I wonder about that because my, my fearfully and wonderfully made is falling apart like crazy. I can't hear, I can't see. got pain everywhere, back hurts. Yeah. Some of you getting getting new plate, new, new. You're getting to heaven one piece at a time, getting new hip. You know? But if you think about it, Man, what an incredible machine that we have, even when it breaks. It's it's amazing that God would make us and crown us with glory. You know why Satan's so mad at you, right? Because angels who were made a little faster, smarter, better than us, right? God didn't crown them with glory. He didn't make angels in his image. He made us in his image. He indwelt us with the Holy Spirit. And Satan's mad because he wanted to have that glory. He doesn't get it. We do, because we are the crown of creation. And so biblical love looks at understanding that you are God's workmanship. That's how much he cared about us. He made us purposely. He knew your name before you were born, before the beginning of the world. He created good works for you to do for the kingdom. He knew you, everything you would do. Good, bad, and ugly from the time you were born to the time you died. From cradle to grave. Knows everything about you. And he made you anyway. That's amazing. That's amazing. I always think about, you know, because I look in the mirror, I see, I, I know who I am. But God loves the person he created you to be, not necessarily the person you're struggling to be right now. We say that again, God loves the person he created you to be, not necessarily the person you were struggling. Scripture says, uh, work out your salvation with fear and troubling, right? It's like, What does that mean? Am I not saved? No, you're saved. But we're supposed to progress through our lives and get more and more Christ-like. We're supposed to grow in the faith. We're supposed to mature. We're supposed to become more and more like Jesus as we as we age. And so every day you're just trying to be a little better than the previous day. And it's a step forward and three steps back and five steps forward and 15 steps back and 20 steps forward and, you know, it's a battle. It's a battle. And, and, and biblical love is God looking at you almost like a child and going, oh, isn't that cute? Look, the three-year-old fell, three-year-old fell down again. <laughs> Picks you up, dusts you off, off you go, <laughs> right? That's the kind of, kind of love that God has for us is, is he, he, he's not looking at your performance. He's looking at your growth and maturity and your faith. And, you know, we all have crises of faith. I'm sure you all have had crises of faith. And that's okay, too. Because God completely understands you. And that's one of the things about love. When you get in relational love, what's the number one thing you want? You want to be understood. Oh, you be careful. I'm watching you. <laughs> relational love, you want to be understood. Everybody's deepest need is for someone to understand them. And and yeah, and in this relationship, people relationships, we can't quite get there in our fallen nature. But Jesus knows everything about you. And he's been through everything you've been through, Scripture says. And he can relate to everything you have. So when you pray and say, you know, Jesus, I'm having a hard time here, he's like, Yeah, I know, I did too. Right? People drove me crazy. You know, he used to say, How long do I gotta put up with you people? (laughs) I love Jesus. He was so honest, right? The Pharisees, these religious leaders, those mighty, holier-than-thou types, he didn't like religious leaders either. right? He had a hard time with the church. <laughs> I love Jesus, because he's been through everything we've been through. And that's true agape, because he knows you, because he's experienced everything you experienced. And that's why you can have this very close relationship with him and share everything with him. A couple of things that are hard to do that are the final pieces of the agape. You know, you're supposed to not judge, turn the other cheek, forgive. But there's one piece here that's really hard. It's called bear with somebody. Other people you just can't bear with. Just drive you insane. You want to stick a pencil in your eye? They just drive you nuts. <laughs> stick a pencil in their eye. <laughs> yeah. She's laughing way too hard at her joke. <laughs> we are to bear with one another, and it's hard because there is friction between people, isn't there? And there are some people whose spirits and your spirits just don't mix, oil and water. And you're like, oh goodness gracious, I just do not want to be around that person, All right? Um, but Scripture calls us when we're having agape. bear with them now that doesn't mean don't have boundaries i want to make that very clear we can have boundaries with people there are people that are extra grace required and you got to have a boundary with them or they'll break those boundaries have the boundary but that doesn't mean don't agape them that doesn't mean don't pray for them pray for your enemies pray for those who persecute you be be with people who uh, uh, are a struggle because god loves them and wants them to know what you know right and so we have to humble ourselves sometimes to bear with others and, and not judge based upon, even if their behavior is really bad, because there are people that have bad behavior. Nobody in here, mind you, but people that have bad behavior. Uh, we've got to be able to do that, because if we can't bear with somebody and we can't humble ourselves, then we can't serve. And that's the ultimate thing, isn't it? To serve. To serve go out and make disciples. One of the things what we are called to do by Christ is go and serve. It's not about us. Once we are saved, once we are one of the 99 sheep in the pen, then it's our job to go out into the great big world and share Jesus with everyone else. And this is where the church kind of fails, doesn't it? It just kind of becomes a sheep pen. We got our programs, and we hang out together and have potlucks. Um, and that's all fine. But we got to care about the person that was lost like we were lost, So that they can find it too and that takes all of us it takes the whole body of christ but if i can't bear with somebody if i can't humble myself if i'm judgmental if i'm not turning the other cheek under a fence and believe me some of the places i preach there's enough to be offended about if i can't do those things i can't serve i'm not I'm, i'm i don't have agape See, to to be in the job I have, you got to really have agape for people. You got to really love them. You shouldn't preach at people unless you love them. Shouldn't be in, be in front of them because then it's a fake message, isn't it? Then I'm then I'm not being honest and real. So, my friends that don't think God loves them don't know the Jesus I know. And if you're one of those people, I'd love to talk to you about who Jesus really is. But understand that it's not about you. When you love somebody, it's not about the other person. It's how you how you relate to them. It's your choice. I've made a choice to love somebody else. They can love me back or not. Believe me, I have people I care about, and love they don't care crap about me. It's not between me and them. That's between them and God. There's people I preach to. <laughs> some places. They don't care whether I come or not. It's all right. I pray for them because I care about them. I want them to know Jesus. And again, that's not between them and them, me, and that's between them and God. And when you can get to that place with agape, where you realize it's not about you, it's by him. And that all you're called to do is agape people. Don't worry about the consequences. Don't worry about the cost. Don't worry about those other things. Just do what the Lord calls you to do. Your life will fundamentally transform, and you'll see. God, the, the, you'll see people through God's eyes, like you've never seen them before. You'll have empathy, compassion, and sympathy. You'll have a caring. You'll be like the grant. Your heart will grow three sizes, <laughs> and it'll be awesome. And that's why the baby Jesus is coming. So that we can have all that. And all God's people said, Amen. All right. We got through another one. woo